right, everyone, welcome back to the RPI Athletics Podcast, Episode 6. And uh, here I am today, joined by Nolan Fayola. He was a member of the RPI cross-country team from the 2013 to 2017 yes. seasons. And uh, he's back here for Alumni Weekend for cross-country. And he caught wind of the podcast, and he wanted to join on, and I figured, who better but our old honorary captain, Nolan Fayola. <laughs> Happy so, to be here, Joe. Yeah, so Nolan, tell us a little bit about yourself. What was your time like at RPI? Man, I can't speak enough about my time at RPI. I think it helped me grow a lot as a person, and I really don't think I'd be doing what I do now without being here and probably without RPI athletics. Okay. Okay. So what do you do? So, (laughs) you know, originally when I came to RPI, I was interested in engineering. I feel like that's why most people look at this school to begin with. But I think even after my first semester trying to figure out engineering, I realized it really wasn't a fit for me and that my real passion was in medicine and the medical field. And I kind of wanted to get involved for more of a a doctor or physician role. So after my time at RPI, I, you know, applied to medical school, you know, didn't want to take any gap years, kind of wanted to keep the ball rolling. And uh, it's a very stressful process, but fortunately I was able to get into a few medical schools. And right now I'm in the middle of my third year at uh, Drexel University uh, College of Medicine. So it's been a very fulfilling process so far doing that. Um, I, I enjoy what I do and I enjoy it even more now working and being in a hospital. So, but like I said, you know, I think that the four years here, even though ultimately how I got started wasn't where I ended up, I think that the school and, and the program really did, did shape kind of my work ethic moving forward. So you're actually the first, we've had several uh, engineering majors on here and several business economics majors on this podcast as well, but you're the first straight up science major. So what are the differences between engineering and science? Because I I assume most of your teammates were engineers. Right. And, you know, anyone in the school of engineering will say that, you know, the school of science, particularly biology, which I majored in, um, is a bit easier and I'd agree with that. Uh, the class size, like for my graduating year, I think the number of biology majors was like 24. There were 24 of us. Um, and the curriculum really isn't that intensive, but you know, I think that because you're at RPI, there is a lot of, you know, the technical side of biology, like a lot of bioinformatics, um, kind of doing more genomics and data research. So I think the curriculum still plays into what RPI is focused on, which is, you know, tech and computers and kind of engineering and solving those problems. But I loved the biology department. I didn't really have a problem with any of the professors. Uh, you know, I thought that the education was, was, did its job. Uh, and that was pretty apparent in that first year of school. Um, I thought that I had been challenged enough here, even in the school of science, um, to succeed fairly well in, in the medical school transition. Okay. So you kind of mentioned how you said 
school and also the program, the cross country program prepared you for for the um, medical school and the rigors of, of it. So talk about that a little. Well, you know, I, even when I tell people at school, you know, when people at medical school ask, you know, what did you do in college? Like, you know, t- like trying to get to know you in those first few years, you know, I think everyone at the school now knows that I'm that, that guy that they see running all the time, even to this day. And, you know, casually they'll ask like, how far do you go? What, like, how many miles do you do? And, you know, I give them an answer that I see as reasonable or like paces and times that I'd say are like, you know, average to below average. And, it blows the common person away that you even like running. So it does not take much for a lot of people to appreciate someone who enjoys running. Um, And I think that that actually applies a lot to kind of the work ethic in general, because running is not something that is necessarily enjoyable every day, but it is something that if you want to be good at it, you have to do every day and you have to, you know, days turn into weeks, turn into months. Like you can't allow yourself to take too much time away from something like that, especially if you want to be good. And the same's true for a medical education. If you want to do your due diligence and you want to, you know, succeed in the career, you have to spend some time each day learning and, and gaining knowledge that you can use later on. So I think there's a lot of parallels to wanting to succeed in higher academics and, and to running in competitive sports in general. I think anyone that's used to putting in time and effort when no one's watching um, can transition and succeed in other areas of life as well. All right. Very well spoken. So um, let's get more more into the athletics. Uh, how did you get involved with athletics at a young age? Were you always a runner or did you kind of do a lot of different sports? No, I originally, I was not a runner at all. So the f- I, and where I, are you from? So I'm from Rochester, New York. So right on Lake Ontario in a small town called Arondequoit, um, about an hour east of Buffalo. Um, so, you know, being from that part of the country, hockey was a big part of not only the community, but my family's life in general. My dad um, played collegiately and he also even today officiates at a at a collegiate and, and national level so probably soon after I was walking I was put on skates uh, I was probably out there skating at the, the public rinks when I was four years old you know had the like little plastic skates but I was out there with the little bar the grip bar and yeah I think I started playing hockey as soon as I could um, just because I think my dad was so passionate about the sport that a little bit carried over to me. So I played hockey for up until probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, and it really wasn't the sport for me. I love going out there and skating, but I wasn't the biggest guy. And, you know, once kids start developing and get and, and hitting their growth spurts around that age, it, it shows and you can't... I, at least for me, it, it became less enjoyable um, and it became more of a, felt more like a job. Um, so I, around that time, my dad convinced me I had to do something. Um, I wasn't just going to, to not participate in an activity. So, so it was just hockey? You didn't play any it was other, hockey. Like I did tr- 
some soccer as well uh, intermittently. I never consistently played on a team for soccer. There'd be some springs where a bunch of my friends were interested, and then I'd decide to join the team. Um, <laughs> it, but it never was something that I was totally invested in. It was just another way for me to kind of keep in touch with friends and like do something after school and just, you know, feed into a little bit of my competitive nature. Um, so I did soccer, um, hockey for, um, you know, those developing years, but I don't think I started running until running on a team until high school. And, you know, those three mile runs that I was going on with my dad, you know, Oh, your dad ran. He wanted me to run a 5K with him. He thought that having me run with him would help him also perf- like actually do it and not, you know, decide not to last minute. So we'd go on runs together. Um, and that was probably when I was in sixth or seventh grade. And, you know, within a month, I found that I was liking going out and running more than he was. And I was the one convincing him to get out the door. And, you know, it was kind of cool because it was around the same time that I was falling out of falling out of touch with, with my with the sport of hockey. And I think he noticed that I enjoyed running. And I think he was super supportive about transitioning because I know he wants me and my siblings to, to be competitive in some aspect. I think he really want us to do that with hockey, but he could tell that it just wasn't the path for me. And I think he wanted to support, you know, the sport I actually enjoyed, which That's was really good running competitively. Yeah. I'm impressed that he was, he was able to get himself to run. That's yeah. You, you know, even though a lot of skating is, you know, skating and running are, are two different activities. You know, if he does want to maintain a level of endurance throughout a game, like if you're an official on the ice, you're out there, you don't take breaks necessarily. So you have to, be in enough shape to to skate the whole game. Mm-hmm. So he was doing running kind of a supplementary thing just to make sure that he kept his own fitness in check. Gotcha. Okay, so um how did you find RPI? So you're on this you're on your high school cross country team, you're starting to really fall in love with the sport of running and the grind of it, and then you decide you want to do it in college. Right. And I <laughs> You were section five grade. Section, yes. I I had a very good senior year of track. For me, everything's, you know, put in perspective. For me, comparatively, I had a, a fairly good end to my high school career. Um, you know, made it, placed at sectional, scored points for the team. And these were things that I had always wanted to accomplish. Make it onto a state qualifiers uh, meet. So those were all things that were pretty big goals of mine. Um Looking at running post-collegiately, I hadn't really given it much of a thought, and I don't think I actually got in touch with uh, Coach Lynch here at RPI until halfway through the summer because I hadn't, I, I wasn't on his radar. I hadn't come in as a recruit. I never went in on a recruiting visit, so essentially, I, I walked onto the team halfway through the summer training program, um, very last minute. <laughs> Talk about the tryout process. So interestingly enough, the program has seen a lot of growth between my freshman year and where it is today. So me walking onto the team, there was no tryout. 
which is super fortunate for me because I was grossly underprepared <laughs> when I walked onto this team. <laughs> I was very used to running very slow on my training runs and not doing a lot of mileage. And this program is not the exact opposite. I think we do emphasize, you know, taking easy days easy, but the mileage is much higher. And for me, it was much more intense. And I guess I thought it was going to be kind of easy after my senior year of high school to just get on a D3 team and and run for fun. And, you know, over these four years, the team has adopted a culture that, you know, I think transcends the typical D3 model where we want to be competitive at this level. And it's shown a lot of success, even in this short amount of time since I've been here, which has been a cool thing to watch, you know, even if I were a freshman walking on two years later to this team, I probably never would have made it on. So I think I hit the perfect window to see a program develop and be a part of that. Yeah. Talk about that. Cause you got to run with several guys that are event that really helped build the program to that level of excellence that you said you see today. Yes. Ran alongside them every day of practice, uh, performed much better than me in racing. But yeah, I think it's really cool to just be surrounded by a bunch of other individuals who are just as crazy as you are when it comes to wanting to put in that work and run because they like it. And yeah, it just became this sort of mentality that we're all kind of doing this together and everyone wants to be here uh, and you want you want to work hard because everyone else is and when I first started you know I think that that was present but not to the level that it is today I think as a whole the program is a lot more dedicated and and it shows um, you know there's a lot of now we are on the national scene which is something that had always been a team goal, but hadn't really been obtainable until recent years. And I think, you know, you even see it in the caliber of recruits coming in that, you know, I think this program has has grown a lot since I walked on <laughs> as, a, as a freshman even, what is it, been? six years ago from now. So, yeah, it's been awesome to see. Okay, so... Um... Now you you went you go to med school, but you also are part of the United States military. Would you like to explain about that a little? Right. So as I was going through the application of process, it, just like anything, um, school in general and medical school, one of I think the barriers to to pursuing the process was not only the the financial constraints, but also kind of like the idea that there wasn't you know. Even after you got into school, there was a whole nother wave of applications. Like get, after you get into school, then you apply to residencies. Like the testing and the application process, it never really ends. Um, and during my senior year, uh, a recruiter from the United States Air Force uh, approached me and let me know of what's called the HPSP. It's a scholarship program that. Uh, provides for your for your medical school education um, in exchange for for some years of service and you know my parents aren't members of the military but I know that grandparents on both sides of the family had been in the Navy and it just seemed like a really great way not only to 
you know, have less of this financial burden put on me in the future, but also to kind of feel like I could practice medicine more freely. Like I didn't have to feel like I was choosing a specialty or going in a certain direction with medicine because I needed a certain salary. Um, And I think having, being on this scholarship allows me to kind of focus on learning and have the whole application to residency process go a little bit more smoothly, have a little bit more direction and kind of be a part of something bigger. I think that getting a start with the Air Force and having a residency and career starting in the military, even if I don't make a career out of that, will provide me with a pretty good foundation for later on. Because eventually I think I do want to practice back home um, in some regard. So I think that's the the end goal. But right now, you know, I do have my duty and I'm I'm pretty proud to, to be a part of something like that. Um, but yeah, I know that there's a commitment to it. And sometimes it's hard to fathom that there's so many years down the line where, you know, I still have a long way to go before I do have that that ability to go back, but so I think it's all relative. Did you have to go to like boot camp at all? Or yes. Are, are you, well, I'm not sure what you're allowed to talk right. about. No, but. yeah. You know, part of the scholarship and being a Air Force physician is that you are commissioned automatically. So I start as a second lieutenant. So I did have to go to officer training school um, last summer. So I spent five weeks down in uh, Alabama very different climate, um, <laughs> humidity and flash floods, you know, up quite a bit. And yeah, I met some really, you know, cause everyone that was a part of that training school, uh, at the time is also on scholarship, whether it's dental, uh, what, like going to law school or, you know, at medical school, we're all kind of health professions. Um, so I met a lot of really cool people, people that I'm probably going to be seeing again. Cause it's a, it's a pretty small community when it comes down to it. So I think that, you know, getting a chance to see other people that I can relate to, uh, in, in the military setting was nice. Uh, not to say that there weren't moments that were, were challenging. Um, how'd, how'd your fit, how do you think your athletic fitness compared for for what they had to do in a boot camp. So the mile and a half run was, as you can guess, not much of an issue. Um, and the push-ups and sit-ups, like the, the training, the fitness test that they have you do, you do have to prepare for in a certain amount. But, you know, I think that being generally in shape goes a long way for the general public. So it didn't end up being much of an issue. Um, I think I worked myself up for it more than I needed to. I... I mean, I don't want to brag too much, but it ended up not being like the adrenaline's going, you know. Yeah, even people around. Yeah, you have gotcha. you have some other people, you know, on either side of you also like cranking out the push-ups and stuff. So it really did not end up being too difficult to to pass the test. Okay. So um, let's get a, have a little trivia time here. Uh, who broke the women's outdoor mile record this year? Do you still follow track? Yes. Uh, I don't want to mess up the last name pronunciation. Hassan. Hassan. Yes. yes. So, okay. Hassan Hussein. Okay. Hussein. Okay. And then, uh, so you mentioned you're from Buffalo in the Rochester area. Um, how many RPI hockey alum have played in the Sabres organization? At any level? We'll just start off with the NHL. Three. Three? 
I think it's five. I okay. Online. All right. I counted five, but still, that's good. And uh, anybody from your from your graduating class that you know of still playing in the, in professional hockey to some degree. To some degree. Uh, is Riley still playing? Riley's still playing with you. I can't remember with the goaltender in my grade two. Is he still playing or no? I can't remember the name. Kasdorf. Yeah, yeah. Is he still on? I know he had he, he had played a he game. Played, he did play with the Sabers, and I believe he's still playing in the minor leagues. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, like I said, I didn't. I remember there being some play. I don't. I'm not sure if there's any others, but I remember there being some players that stood out and wanted to. To continue, but Kasdorf being one of them, but yeah, I wasn't sure how their careers have have panned out since I left. Okay, okay. been a little busy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I'm not following RPI hockey as as diligently as maybe I had in the past. But okay. and so you actually mentioned that your father had somewhat of a hockey career. Would you want to talk about that at all? Uh, you said not just as a referee, but as a player, right? So. You know, I think a lot of, you know, kind of the mindset and attitude I have in life is kind of from what my dad has kind of taught me. Um, so he started out in, in you know, middle school and high school. And where did he grow up? He actually grew up in Rochester as well. So he attended Gates Chile High School, which is kind of like on the other side of the city uh, for anyone that knows the area <laughs> that's yeah. listening. but. He um he never was the best player growing up, but he wanted it the most. So, you know, he used to tell me stories and my grandmother would also tell me stories where he would go to the Rochester Americans games with a, a notepad and he would follow, you know, let's say he was the left winger. He would follow left the left winger on the Amherst as they played the game and jot down notes. Um, about what they're doing, which is, it's crazy to me that someone, you know, you know, freshman, sophomore year of high school isn't going to a hockey game to necessarily watch the game. They're going to study the players. Uh, it's that, you know, and he got teased by other people on his team, but it ended up paying off because while other guys kind of stagnated. Um, and what era did he play? Like, so he played in this, in the eighties. For high school? Yeah. Cause he graduated, um, he attended Elmira College, so that's where he played. I think they're a D. Th- I think they're D three for hockey, um, and I think he graduated in ninety four. Okay, I think he was in high school in the eighties playing, and then I know he did a year of juniors in between, um, and then yeah, he ended up ultimately becoming the captain of the Elmira hockey team, um, and yeah, he after graduating he made an attempt to play at a semi-professional level, not even ice hockey. He was playing semi-professional roller hockey out in California. And I think he also did a short amount of time playing up in Minnesota as well. Um, But eventually it just, you know, he was expecting a family pretty soon. That being me. So Chasing your dream, unfortunately, for him, it was not the right time. He was trying his best, um, but needed to make money. So he kind of focused more on officiating. And, you know, because of the kind of person he is, he wants to be the best at whatever he's doing. So even as an official, he eventually worked his way into international games. And 
he officiated in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, wow. uh, which we got to go see, which was, was an awesome experience. I think he, it might've been but the semifinal game. He, he officiated can't, can, yeah. Men's uh, Vancouver 2010. I think he, he officiated the Canada versus Switzerland game that went into that shootout. Um, and, you know, Sidney Crosby gets the, the game-winning shot. I can't remember if it was Switzerland I, off the top of my head, but he got the game-winning shot. And my dad, you know, without anyone noticing, skates over and grabs that puck. And he's got it. And yeah. It's, it's a cool story. I'm really, you know, not only was it a great experience for me, but I'm really happy that he was able to kind of obtain this level of success, success in a sport that he's passionate about, you know, being able to still find a way to do to, to, appreciate the sport and work and get involved in the sport. So that's yeah, really cool. I think that's kind of like a, a pinnacle moment in anyone's career. Um, and yeah, I think he, he earned, he earned that, that right to be there that year. So who got, who got the puck? Well, I, I believe, you know, and he's collects pucks from most of the games he officiates. I think he's got, a hockey puck from every division one hockey program, like every signature puck. He's got them all in a collection bin down in the basement. I think this puck's hiding somewhere in the attic, <laughs> you know, as much as he, you know, likes to appreciate those kind of trinkets and the, collect those things. Um, eventually it's just kind of something they, that get, moved they get moved away. <laughs> um, so oh, that's, that's really interesting. I never, never knew that. Yeah, either. no, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you don't want to be too, you know, you don't want to brag about it too much. But it is a, it's a proud moment. I mean, it, it's great that he was able to do that and that we, as just like me, my siblings, and my mom, got to go and share that with him. Um, you know, get to see the Olympics firsthand. You know, even, if, you know, starting off in high school, it's just really cool to, like, be a part of kind of that global experience. Um and got to see, you know, Sean White snowboard, uh, Bodie Miller on the downhill, Super G. Um, got to see. Uh, we did. Some, we got saw. Got to see some speed skating as well. So, you know, we were only. I think we, that might have been Apollo Ono's last Olympics. It was his last Olympics. Yes, yeah, so we got to see. Did he? I think he got bronze medal in the event that we watched. I can't remember the distance of speed skating it was, but you know, we. Knew it was going to be a once in a lifetime sort of thing, so we wanted to be able to kind of get a little taste of all the different events that were yeah. that were going on. So uh, you also talked about how you got to run with some really really good guys that kind of built the program up here at RPI and the and the cross country team, and um, just kind of talk about: Do you still see those guys? Do you still hang out with that friend group, or has since you've been out of college for three years now, mm-hmm. so has that friend group sort of dissipated? Well, you know, it's hard to because you spend four years really getting to know one group of guys, and you know, I'm still trying my best to to run every day. You know, it gets harder the further away you get from like the program, and the busier school gets. But I think we're all still kind of connected based on this kind of shared love for the sport. And, you know, this past weekend, as you, as you know, was our alumni race weekend. So just being able to kind of see everybody again, like, you know, we only get to see each other maybe 
once or twice every year, but it, it, it still has, it's still kind of centered around the team and that culture. So, you know, I think we, we do all most, for the most part, all still keep in touch and yeah, it, it's always great to, to see those guys. And so it's the running that brings you back together. The running. And I think we're just all pretty, pretty similar. I think, you know, I think we enjoy this company. We've kind of just grown, we've all kind of grown together, you know, through those four years of college and like, I, at this point we're pretty invested in like each other's lives and progression through that. So we, we do our best to, to stay in touch and, you know, I'd still count as, you know, one of those close circles of friends that, you know, I think, I think sticks around for a while. I think that being involved in this sport helps kind of strengthen those kinds of, those kind of, those friendships. Okay. So did you ever, um, any other so other parts of the athletic department here that you specifically remember being strong or part of your not just the cross country team or the track team, but did you ever attend different like you mentioned hockey? Mm-hmm. So I did go to a fair share of hockey games. Um, I must have been bad luck because a lot of the games I went to, and I mean it was between meets and stuff. So you know I tried to at least show up for one or two games a season, but. <laughs> I didn't want to bring too much bad luck because it seems like every time I showed up, the, the team would, would end up losing in a close game and I'd feel bad. and be like, oh gosh, this is probably something they could have probably won if I wasn't here. Because <laughs> um, I know that they had their fair share of success in the four years that I was on the team, but you know, every time yeah, I went, I think they actually made it to the right. Exactly. Game. So that's why I was always surprised. I'm like, oh, I thought that, you know, not that the team was playing bad, but like every time I watched them a lot, lose and you know after three or four years you're like it can't be them it's got to be me i'm the the problem (laughs) um but yeah so i attended hockey games um and you know being just involved and up at ecav all the time you see those other groups training like switching in and out of the weight room like the swim teams and stuff um i think we would have some of our morning lifts right after or before football so like you know, even if you're not directly interacting with a lot of those teams, because I know a lot of our fo- football games happen around the same times that we were having meets on the weekends. Um, but just kind of being involved in sports, I think you see a lot of familiar faces. Okay. Uh, so I think it does create kind of like a, a sport-wide community. Um, and I know as the, the program kind of creates more of a name for itself, we get rec- – I feel like – I mean, I can't speak for it, but I'm not sure yeah. if you've noticed it you guys get recognized more now than you did before from other teams just because it's become it's on the website. It's, it's on the website. Exactly. Yeah. It's become more of a, Oh, you guys make it to that. Like you guys, you know, you run with the big dogs now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've made, you've made a name for yourself. So I think that as a whole, the program is starting to become more recognized, which is also, you know, not especially at like the ice cream social when coach Lynch goes up and gets the, Coach of the year, where I think he's won exactly, several yeah, years, two or three years just that I've been, mm-hmm. and so. just that exposure alone, I think people are like, okay, like when people recognize that you, whatever whatever you're doing, whatever sport you're doing, if you're taking it seriously and there's success coming from it, I think people pay attention. So, you know, it's cool to see. Even I mean, I know I'm paying attention still, even removed a few years from the sport. Yeah, well. Any, any closing remarks? I, mean, I feel like that was a, told us a lot about yourself, a lot about the growth of the program, and uh, you, you're 
overall athletic career. Right. Well, let me say, because we recently raced each other, actually, um, this past weekend, I will say that there is no way I'd make this team right now. <laughs> you guys are all look like you're all in very good shape. Um, I did a run with you guys today and got got appropriately dropped. Um, you know, and it's just it's humbling, but at the same time, it's cool to see that like you know even now coming back and you know I don't Do you feel like back. you were a part of that growth. Are you really, you know, in some way, I think everyone contributes to the growth. You know. Maybe I wasn't the guy whose times everyone was chasing, but I still adopted the culture and I still tried to, you know, influence and you're great, especially you guys were freshmen when we came in. And I think we, we tried our best to make sure that even as you guys were freshmen, that you understood exactly what we wanted to accomplish and what it was going to take to get there. So I think in that regard, even though I never officially had the captainship, I think a lot of you guys just as, as a whole looked up to the senior class that yeah. year. I'd have to agree. Personally, talk. I like to talk about your your last race at the Capital District Class. Mm. Not your last race, but your last 5K when you broke 16. It was a personal goal. And now, like you said, everyone on the team, including freshman suburbs, have, have been exactly. Yeah. But it was a really big deal. And I remember seeing you cross that finish line and just almost crawling. But it was a goal that you really – you. You had trained all year for it, and you had we could we we were happy to see that hard work paying off. And if you could do something like that, then there was no reason that we couldn't get under fifty. Right, and it was kind of like my dad's philosophy that, like you know, just as he was never starting off one of the better hockey players and just kind of worked at it. You know, even coming in as a freshman, I was definitely knew I had my work cut out for me on this team. Um, but, you know, four years later, being able to to personally run a time like that meant a lot because, you know, sports, like this sport and I'm sure other sports in general, there are those ups and downs. Um, and just being able to kind of walk away with one of those personal goals accomplished. And like you said, you know, the, the caliber of athletes that Lynch recruits now, you know, they look at that time and it, it might not mean a lot to everyone, but... To me, and I think to everyone who who knew me, you know, being able to close my career and then come back a year later and almost run the exact same time, kind of proved to myself that like one way or another, hard work does pay off. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to end on that note. Hope you guys all enjoy it. This is episode six of the RPI Athletics Podcast, joined by Nolan Fayola, soon to be MD, <laughs> and I'm Joseph Piscicano, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks. Thank, and also thank you, my producer, Vincent Vindo Petrino.